the shook show hey everybody so on this week's episode i sit down and i chat with joshua barnes this episode is real y'all i mean if this don't motivate you to get after the things that you feel are your purpose to get after the things that you feel are your passion to get after the things that you feel god has called for you to do in your life then i honestly don't know what more you could need so let's get into it. Hey, what's up? Brittany, what's going on? I am doing very well. How are you? We'll see over here. How you been? We're good. I mean, I've been really good, actually. So I started the Shook Show. So okay. um, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Joshua Barnes. I am from Valdosta, Georgia. Me and Miss Brittany, we met uh, over in Japan. We was in Japan together in the military. And we've been good friends ever since. So I'm on the, I'm on the show. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> All right, so thanks for being here first off. Thanks for having me. Of course. So um, I wanted to talk to you specifically because, you know, we were in Japan together and you mm -hmm. told me a little bit about, you know, your goals and your dreams. And you got out the military and you really made it happen. So right. I wanted to kind of talk to you about that. And so you could kind of, you know, share your perspective and share how you got to that point. And, Okay. how everything's been going all right well everything's been going Brittany like I always said it man it was one thing that I knew as a child that I was called to do and um I know once given the opportunity that I was gonna make it happen and here we are uh four or five years later and it's coming in fruition so I've just been really grateful and I feel really blessed to be um able to say this to you oh i'm so happy to hear that like i never you know it's very rare to meet somebody who had a calling on their life from you know childhood right. and you know they just they they take the steps and they make it happen so tell everybody what you do what that call and how you knew that was a call on your life okay well what i am I am a licensed funeral director and an embalmer. I am uh, what people call as an undertaker, a mortician. Um, what I do is um, I feel as a ministry. Um, it all started when I was young. I was attending a funeral of, of my late uncle, my grandma's brother, which is my great uncle. And um. I remember seeing a gentleman by the name of Ralph Harrington, which was uh, for our city in Valdosta, Georgia, um, the local mortician. And it was just something about him that that appealed to me and it just stuck with me. And uh, I can remember growing up and dressing up as a child, wearing the suit, um, I always didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I wanted that. And then it came to be where um, 
we had a, a, a small cat and the cat passed away. And um, I felt that it was my job to conduct a funeral service for our cat that we had. And ever since then, I'm telling Brittany, it's like, I had, I just had that, that to be drawn to the deaf industry. And some people call it weird, but you know, it's one of those things I feel like it's either you called or you born with, you know, the, the want to do what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, amazing, first off, especially <laughs> since you, you know, you you had an experience so young, you know what I mean? It's one thing right. to see somebody and and be, you know, drawn to them or they look cool or something like that, you know, that type of um, acknowledgement of somebody, but then to, to have your own funeral. So what did your family say when you were doing the funeral for your cat? Well, I must say my family do this whole process has been supportive of me. Um, um, you know, a lot of people I come in contact with like, I mean, sure you want to do that? Like that, mm -hmm. you know. But my family always been my special. My mom and my dad always been behind me, you know, to um, to push me to to follow my dreams, and and they knew that you know, uh, this was something I really wanted to do. And I remember my dad was uh, I was young. I think I was just old enough to have a workers permit, and um, he tried his hardest to get me at the local funeral home. And, and I and I finally got an opportunity. And I remember uh, one of my first jobs at the funeral home was watching the, watching the vehicles. And um, and I took so much pride in watching the vehicles because at the time I didn't even have a a, a driver's license to even drive a car. Mm -hmm. But you know, just being around the business, just being around the industry, was like that was like everything to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is so cool. Especially, you know, being able to to get that experience. So I know that that you know, and having the the family support, especially your dad going out and getting that opportunity for you. That's huge. You know what I mean? Everybody doesn't have support like that from their family. So that's, that's right. definitely a blessing. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your experience in the military and how that shaped or affected, you know, you get into where you are now? Well, um, my experience in the military, you know, you know, um, I could say discipline. Uh, I feel like I, I, I was raised up being disciplined. So, you know, my parents and everything always taught me for right for wrong. But when I got in the military, uh, that was really, um, my parents didn't really have the money to, send me to mortuary college so mm -hmm. the military was my um my plan i never i knew from day one i'm talking about before i even started the boot camp that my my the mission was to go in the military do my first term and get out so i can be able to receive the at the time it was uh the gi bill now it's called post 9 11 mm -hmm. so i can be able to attend mortuary college that's my plan you know uh i never was my dream was never to get in the military and retire or become a chief or you know mm -hmm. none of that it was solely be you know solely was a, a um my sole purpose was to get in there do what i have to do just to be able to pay for mortuary college so that's one thing i can say the military did do and helped me out because um they paid for all of my schooling even once once i accomplished uh, get my um, associate's degree. They even pay for my bachelor's degree in mortuary also. So it's been a blessing 
to not have that financial burden of uh and I and I and I really am appreciative of the of the United States military and what they have done for me and what and how how far it's brought me in my life. That's awesome. That's that's really, really awesome. So did you do only one term or were you in a little longer? I actually stayed a little longer. Um well when you met in Japan and um after we met, I think I might have um stayed maybe I met a friend over there and we, we we was having a great time and I wasn't ready to leave my friend. So at the time um I re enlisted and uh because of because of her. So, you know, you know, it's some things that, you know, I feel like it was all my steps was ordered. Even though it went it didn't go exactly to Japan, but everything still fell in place. So I did two terms after I left Japan. Um I came back stateside and I was stationed down at Marine Corps Air Station in Beaufort, South Carolina. And also once I was there, I, I started working at a, a funeral home there in Beaufort also. Oh wow. So was it uh what did they have you doing when you did that in Beaufort? Well Beaufort man, that's when I first really got my first experience into the uh funeral industry far as the science part of the industry. You know, uh when I was coming up um, one of the guys I was working up under uh, by the name of Rodney Keith Godfrey. He was one of the first morticians that gave me the opportunity to work at a funeral home. And at the time when I was working with him, I was too young. He, did, he, mm-hmm. he didn't want me to get into the prep room. He wanted to make sure that this is what I really wanted to do before he let me see that type, to see that side of it, you know. So once mm-hmm. I got to South Carolina, I was older. Um, and the guy, his name was uh, Bill Marshall, William Bill Marshall, out of out of beautiful South Carolina. That's when I first started getting my, you know, my feet wet uh, in the prep room, far as the embalming room, and, and and what it takes to 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 prepare a deceased, and that side of the dressing and, and everything. So that's that's what that's when I when South Carolina was really like opened my eyes and showed me like, yeah, you ready to do this? Because once mm-hmm. I encountered that. Uh, it was like a fish in water. So I knew that, you know, this is really what I, I need to be doing. So that was the confirmation of everything right. that had happened. Exactly. Because, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, people see funeral service and, 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 and funerals when, you know, the deceased, they're, they're, they're dressed, they're, uh, they got the makeup on, and mm-hmm. they just look peacefully. But seeing it raw from the scene or raw from the hospital and being able to, you know, go in there and see, when you encounter problems, be able to what you do in this situation, you know, was the was the was the fundamentals that I had to really I really I really honed those fundamentals when I was there in Buford. They really set me up for when I when I after after Buford when I went to Atlanta. Oh, okay. Is that where you went to school? Yes, I attended um Gupton Jones. Well I received my associates uh in funeral service from Gupton Jones College in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, it's in Decatur, Georgia, but they, they all fall up in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, after I left Gupton Jones, I then enrolled into uh, Mid America College up in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Oh, wow. Okay. So, where are you now? Where are you um, practicing now? Well, I am now currently the general manager at Luke Strong and Sun Mortuary in a city called Moultrie, Georgia. And um, we service probably about 90, 80% of the African-American calls that come out of that area. I have served under um, some of the elite 
uh, African-American funeral homes in the United States. Uh, one that you might hear familiar is Willie Watkins out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Terry Funeral Home up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I did a little time in Delaware uh, at a firm, it's Evans W. Smith firm up in Delaware. So I've been around, you know, getting to see uh, different angles, different aspects of funeral service. And what I have done over the years is uh, accumulated all that uh, experience so mm -hmm. I can put it into what I do on a daily basis now as an actual licensed funeral director in Obama. Wow, okay. So were those like um, residencies or something like that, internships that you did? And that's Well, no, I, I, I served my, um, I actually had the privilege to come back home to my hometown to serve uh, my apprenticeship. And that is where after then, after I served my apprenticeship, you know, and passed all, you know, the exams and everything, I then, um, I then ventured out to Philadelphia just, you know, because I, being from a small town like Valdosta, Georgia, you won't see a lot of things you'll see in a, in a, in a super city, you know, metropolitan city like Philadelphia or mm -hmm. Atlanta. You know, it's going to be, you're going to get to see everything. So I knew that if I wanted to be the best um, at what I do, I had to be able to um, get out from my, around my comfort zone and go mm -hmm. uh, and go and go to even bigger and more busier uh, firms so I can be able to get the experience I needed to, uh, to go out into the, to the field. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. You think the military moving you around and having you in different places made it easier for you to, you know, pick up oh, and yes. take advantage oh, of those yes. opportunities? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's one thing I do feel like I got from the military. I have no problem moving. None at all. You know, if I feel like if it's an opportunity in Wyoming, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like it'd be beneficial to me, listen, I would be there. I have moved, I'd probably say in the past two years, I've probably been to about three or four different states, you know. Wow, that's Just, a lot. Right, right. I, you know, I, I move around, but I think where I'm at now, um, I'm going to be here for a while. But, you know, it's all, I feel like, was all was uh, steps ordered. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I was on assignments to these places. Because every place I went to, it was, it was, everything was funeral service, but it was different. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really learned, um, when I was in Philadelphia, I got to learn the more of the business side of it. I was serving up under a gentleman by the name of Gregory T. Burrell, uh, which was also one of the former national presidents of uh, the NFDA, uh, which is an organization inside our industry. And mm -hmm. being up under him, I, I, I seen uh, the business side, you know, how to build a business, uh, how to, and he taught me that image, my image was everything, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 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 that's what people see in, in presentation. That's what I really learned from him. Uh, when I was in Delaware, um, I served on a gentleman as, by the name of Evan Smith. He was an embalmer's, uh, what people would say, embalmer's embalmer. He was very thorough. He didn't take shortcuts. And me mm -hmm. being young, being a young embalmer, uh, not experiencing him, uh, I learned a lot of things up under him. And uh, those, those guys really, really taught me and prepared me for time like now. <clears throat> 
Oh, that's awesome. So what about the people aspect of what you do? Like what mm. type of skills do you, are you dealing with highly emotional people? Are you dealing with, you know, how is it with the, I don't necessarily want to say customer service, but how is, how is that portion of it where you're getting from, you know, the family members, what they right. want, how do you deal with that? Right. Well, being in this industry, you got to be able to have uh, people skills. Um, you go deal with some families that's easy to deal with, and you'll be able to deal with some families that's very difficult to deal with. Uh, a lot of times, when you you encounter people that's that that's really on emotional roller coaster because they just lost their loved one, mm-hmm. so you got to be able to be empathize and sympathize with those people. Um, those people don't understand that you know how your day is going. They just mm-hmm. lost a loved one. So you got to keep that in mind. You know, sometimes you might not be having a great day, but these people just lost their mother or mm-hmm. this person just lost a son or this dad just lost his mother or his son or his daughter. So, you know, um, you really learn how to um, really basically like sympathize and empathize with people and, and kind of be like that help in that time of need. And it's very important, very important one of the things is to be able to be a people person in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that sounds um, heavy. So how do you deal with that, you know, mentally and emotionally at the end of your day when you're dealing with grief and, you know, of course, you know, this is what you do and you're a professional, but how do you deal with the internal stuff for yourself? I mean, well, we have outlets, you know, but to be honest with you, I get a satisfaction through helping others. You know, um, people, um, their last image of their loved one, if I can make that the best possible way mm-hmm. and just get, get them, when the family come in and see their loved one and say, oh, you know, mama looks so good or, oh, my son looked look like himself. You know, if you know a lot of people when they go to funeral homes, you know, they say, oh, they don't look like this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, you know how it is, you know, oh, like they got real dark or, you know, they don't look like that. But if I can capture the loved one just as if they were sleeping, you know, and make that more pleasant. You know, so many times people come to me like, this, I was, you know, it's, I'm going through it. Like my mom died, but when I see how good my mama looked, that does so much for me, make it so much easier to do this mm-hmm. and just just by hearing that you know um it does a lot for me and and that's that's basically let me tell you something Brittany. if i didn't have bills i do this for free you know what i mean that's wow. that's right that's that's one of those things like just be getting the satisfaction from the family is enough and and worth it all for me so how does that feel like you're you're doing your dream job like this is what you wanted your whole life like does it feel real does it feel i mean like just tell me about that listen and it's crazy because it's like going to work every day is always gonna be something different it's never gonna be the same but it's like i'm not going to work when we was in the military britain you know you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I got to go to 18 <laughs> formation, you know. But it's not like that now. 
you know, when I know I got to go to work, you know, it's what I wanted to do my whole life. It's me. I'm it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just a dream come true. You go there, and, and especially being around a group of people that's got the same passion as you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing. And, and I really have no complaints. And it feels like I'm not even working. I'm just, you know, like the song say, living my best life. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, I I needed to hear that because I, you know, I'm at the at the beginning. I'm about to start school. So okay. it's it's very important, you know, that I talk to people who put in the work and I've gotten to their good place. You know what I mean? Like got to right. a, a sweet spot in their lives. So right. that I know, like, okay, you know, I may go through some challenges in school and maybe you know it's gonna be a lot of school and maybe hard or whatever but it'll right. all be worth it it'll all be done. worth it like yeah. the song say nobody told me that the road would be easy and that is the most truest thing i ever think because it was time to school and anybody that's in funeral service know that Gupton jones is one of the one of the premier mortuary colleges in the united states and it was sometimes the most stressfulest environment to be in. Sometimes Britain we had twelve to thirteen tests in a day. You know, it was, it was it was it was. I mean, not a day. I'm sorry. In a week, in a week's that's time, still a lot. That's still a lot. You're right. It's, that's still a lot. But you know, um, I'm telling you, when it was all over, you know, and um, that day that they handed me my uh, graduation gown and. And I'm not the type to get emotional, but that day, that day, I I, I can't explain the feeling. I guess mm-hmm. you gotta get there to, to feel it. But a peace um came over me, you know what I mean? And my family wow. was there, my family was there, and just this my mom and dad seeing what I said I was gonna do since being five and six years old, it really was happening. It was kind of like I was on autopilot looking around, like, wow. Like, wow. we did it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay, so what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I want to say, you mean, as far as like, you know, in what I have done as a professional, correct? Nope, in your life, in your whole life. In my life. I want to say I'm most proud of not being not being afraid to take a chance on me. Um, like I told you, after I was done my apprenticeship, uh, I wanted just to get out. I was hungry, mm-hmm. and I I told my mom and I say, I don't care if a funeral home in Africa called me, I'm going. I say, Wow. I don't I don't care if I have no family there. My my mom concern was, all right, you, you going up north, you know, we don't have no family there, you know, you don't know anybody there, you know, it's you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're five, six, seven, eight hundred miles away driving, you know, you're playing right away, you, you know, we can't get to you, something happened, it's just you, and, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, I was scared when I, when I left because, um, I, I didn't I didn't know if I was ready, you know, I was ready, but I, I wasn't scared enough to take a chance on me and I'm glad I did because I feel like 
if I didn't take that chance, mm-hmm. my skill set wouldn't be um, where it is today. So that must be one of the most uh, things I am most proud of at this wow. time. Yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty, pretty dope. So how do you serve your community outside of your job? Outside of my job? Well, to be honest with you, um, I eat, sleep, and breathe a funeral home. Um, I really don't do um, far as, you know, anything outside the community as far as what I already do on an everyday basis. Uh, I deal with the community. Um, you know, everything I do comes from some sort of fa- some sort from the funeral home. Um, so it's basically like, you know, I know I just did uh, – we was on the news here for Fox up here, up here in Moultrie in the Albany area uh, about what we was doing for uh, breast cancer survivors uh, in the area. And we did the pink roses and we had the pink cupcakes and, you know, but it all come from the funeral home. I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I don't know if people, re- people really understand when I say I am and it is me, you know, um, I do come from the funeral home, you know, so. I really can't say outside of my job. You mean know, we do so much for the community, but all it comes from it branches off somewhere, some part of the funeral home. Okay, well, I mean that counts because that is bringing, you know, awareness. There's the education piece. There's the representation piece. You right. know, you never know. It could have been, you know, a little boy that was, you know, the age that you were when you mm-hmm. first had your first encounter, seeing, you know, you guys on the news and being interested. So, is there like a plan for? Um, any type of like mentorship or anything like that. Well, I do. I do a lot of uh, career days. Um, I go to I go to some schools, and you know, talk about the profession to a certain degree, um, and and just and just educate the young kids coming through school that may be interested in what I do. You know, a lot of people look at this job as uh, it's not a glorified job, right? You know, per se. Um, but I go and educate and let them know, like, listen, you know, it's not, you're not, you're not strange if you want to do this. You're not weird. You know, we do, we dress nice, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we are pillars in the community. Um, so I just, I just go to shine that light on my professional, you know, everybody look at dealing with death. is like something dark and it's not, right. It's, right. It's, 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 it's actually the complete opposite. So, that's what I do, you know, for the youth and coming up, you know, black, white, it don't matter. I just like to educate and inspire. <clears throat> yes, what's up? Okay, so yeah, you got you got a, you got quite a few things. Right. Now, what about your outlook on family and like raising a family and all of that? Like, has your profession? change your perspective or add it to what you already wanted for that stage in your life? Well, I still don't have any children, but I do have nephews. Um, and, you know, I, I hope one day to have uh, a child or a son. I prefer a son, but if God bless me with a daughter, I take either one. 
uh, something to pass down to them. I always had dreams of uh, passing down a business or something profitable or leaving something behind for my offspring to to continue to build and take to the next level. Um, that's probably one of the main things, right? They're just leaving something behind for the next generation, my son or my nephews or, you know, you know, my bloodline to be able to to uh take care of their families and, and have something like look what my look what my father did or look what my grandfather, you know, did, my uncle, he did and started a legacy, you know, uh of Barnes funeral homes or Barnes mortuary. You know, just being able to be that guy that started that and and, and always be remembered forever, you know, by by my community. Yes, that's awesome. So What's next? Is there, you know, plans for you opening up your own funeral home one day or like what what's your Of plan? course, my all my my number one goal is to open my own. Um I feel like I'm ready now, but I'm being patient and waiting on God until uh I know when it's when it's my time, it'll be my time. So uh, right where I'm at now is almost like ownership because it's, it's general manager duties. But um, I know one day, one day um, I will on my own. That's that's the number one goal. That's awesome. Okay. So I think that you're an inspiration for one, mm -hmm. um, especially for keeping, you know, still in your passion, you know what I right. mean? And, right. and seeing it through and being disciplined enough to go through, you know, the challenges that you went through and mm -hmm. keep at it. So I think that um, this, it's gotta be your purpose, right? It, it is, it is. And I'm reminded that every day and you'll know what your purpose is when it all just falls into place, you know? And my, 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 if I can say, if anybody's listening to me and, and they're going through, they don't know if they're going to make it, continue to press forward, continue to stay focused, continue to be, you know, persistent in what you love to do. And I'm, I am a living testimony that it all work out. It will. Awesome. So thank you so much again for being here and, you know, sharing your story and sharing something, you know, that's special to you that a lot of people, you know, don't know about, or a lot of people may have a certain perception about, you know, your right. field. So I, I do appreciate, you know, you talking about it and giving us, you know, the perspective of, of a professional in the right. field, you know, so this has been really cool. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I look to do it again real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Y'all, I just wanted to come back and really just touch on a few things in this episode. So first, I think that it's important for, you know, the future generations, for all of the professionals to give back and to, you know, talk about what they do and give opportunities to children. As you heard in Josh's story, like he was able to do something and get an opportunity early on. And I think that is a testament to 
to really having a passion for something. Because when you have a passion for something, you want other people to know about it. You want other people to be able to to experience, to see what you do and see what it's about. So I think that those people who open up those doors are the ones who, you know, really care about the profession. And I also think that it's super cool to get out into the community once you get into the profession. So open up those doors for the younger generations. That's important. And then if you are interested in something and you're not sure what it's about, ask for those opportunities. And when you get it, take advantage of it and apply yourself and give it all that you got because this could be your purpose. This could be your passion. So always remember when you get in the door, leave it open for the next generation. Leave it open for the ones who are going to come after you. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be.